Hi, and welcome to the awesome DIY wedding planning podcast from Wedding Espresso. Fun, relaxed DIY wedding planning chats with the pros. Now sit back and relax. It's time to carpe wedding deal, baby. Hello, Jill. It is lovely to see you. Thank you for joining me on this beautiful morning. Good morning, James. I hope life's well with you. Life is awesome. <laughs> um, and with you? <laughs> Oh, yes. Tickety-boo. What can I say? The sun's shining and all is good. That's what we like to hear. Uh, so you are Gillian Johnston from Scott's Celebrant. Now, um, no. Rachel and I, we, we, we love to relive our wedding ceremony because it was so special and unique mm-hmm. um, to us. And as everybody probably knows by now, because we, we bang on about it quite a lot, but we had a, a humanist wedding ceremony in mm-hmm. Scotland and it was amazing. Um, and we yeah. absolutely loved it. And um, some of the aspects of that, I'm, I'm hoping to kind of chat with you today. So mm-hmm. the topic um, that I wanted to cover with you was unique wedding ceremonies honoring centuries of heritage. Now, I yeah. love this topic because I feel it's so (laughs) double-barreled. On on the one (laughs) hand we've got the unique wedding ceremonies which is obviously where we're talking about the bespoke aspects, um, Mm -hmm. how people can custom design their their dream wedding ceremony which is the best. And then the second half of it is is your honouring centuries of heritage which is obviously not bespoke, which is obviously considering things that have been going on for hundreds of years. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're going to break into that a little bit um, with you right now. But just to sort of let everybody know and remind them, for our wedding ceremony, we had obviously like the whole gamut. We could go with anything we wanted to. And uh, Mm -hmm. we were presented with hand fasting, Mm -hmm. uh, sharing of the quake, um, Mm -hmm. and jumping of the broom. Now, um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are more. There's a a sand mixing ceremony. There's there's all sorts of things Mm -hmm. that you can have. Um, Those are the three that we were offered at the time. Um, mm-hmm. So we actually selected the uh, hand fasting and the mm-hmm. sharing of the quake because we felt mm-hmm. that symbolically they seemed like very, very, uh, they felt very close to our hearts as, as things to do. I liked the idea of being tied together, even though mm-hmm. we didn't, I should point out that we didn't understand the symbolic reference of either of those things at the time. Um, but now we've gone on to 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 reintroduce them again and again. Like we had, we brought the hand fasting back for my son's naming ceremony. Uh, mm-hmm. We used the same chords. Uh, we added a chord. So we're carrying those traditions, obviously, through our family and intend to do so. So just to kind of throw it over to you now, really, what what are your thoughts on um, on the whole the whole sort of aspect of creating a custom ceremony whilst honouring traditions? Okay. Traditions really do, what I find with traditions is basically it's a way for people to acknowledge the past while you're living in the present and it's a promise of the future. So it's yesterday, today and tomorrow. It's holistic, it's eternal. And the hand fasting symbols, it's a visual reminder of the vows you're making to one another. Now, hand fasting, it's not just purely in Scotland. In fact, if you look in virtually every, um, what's the word? You know, you can find hand fasting ceremonies in virtually every kind of ceremony globally. All across it's the world. A visual, yeah, exactly. It's a visual representation of your commitments. 
Now, they came in Scotland. In fact, they've come right through. I mean, they've disappeared back in the mist of time. You know, you'd be digging, digging, mm -hmm. digging, digging, digging. I can't remember when they started. I knew it happened five or six days before I appeared, right. obviously. But um, it was a time when people needed to have a symbol of commitment. Obviously, um, a lot of people have arguments that it's, it is a year and a day situation. The hand fasts, the cords are called the bands. Mm -hmm. And in Scotland nowadays, even when people are engaged, when they're going to get married, you still have to call out the bands. Right, um, yes. I think five or six weeks prior to that. And it's just to allow people to actually see that this is what's going to happen. And it's also to stop anybody turning around saying, well, they're already married to so-and-so and so-and-so mm -hmm. so and so-and-so. -and -so, you know, kind of minimise it. Speak now or forever band, hold your peace. Yeah, or um, that guy is a bigamist or she's a trigamist. You know, mm -hmm. things like that kind of come out. Anyway, um, they were a way of people announcing their declarations to be together for the rest of their lives. Traditionally, it was for a year and a day. Mm -hmm. And they did it in a public place in front of friends, in front of family, in front of community. So it was a visual and it was an acknowledgement because let's face it, you didn't have TV, you didn't have writing a lot of the yeah. time. It was an audio, it was an oral environment. So the hands got fasted. And this is the thing that I, I still do. When the couples got their hands fasted on that day, they were tied together for the day, the oh, whole wow. day. So um, <laughs> you think of the logistics and getting through that. Yeah, if you can handle absolutely. that, you can do anything. Anyway, you were there for a year and a day. Now, people turn around and say after the year and the day, um, it meant that he had a get out of jail free card if they didn't have a family or something like that. But basically, it was a get out of free jail from both point of view. Um, if he didn't take the boxes for her or she didn't take the boxes for, for them, for him, at the end of the year and the day, they could shake hands and walk away free and easy. Mm -hmm. If they decided that they were actually quite, quite liked each other, they could then formalise it. But again, there wasn't really anything more about it because the hand fasting was as much of an acknowledgement. And after the year and the day, there was probably a child day anyway, they just carried on. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what it was, and yeah. I was just going to say, let, let's face it, after a year and a day, it, you know, <laughs> if you like each other, if you still like each other after a year and a day, you're set for life if you've been tied together. That's yeah, that's it. I mean, that's it. You know, you've got the bonds of matrimony, you've got tying the knot, and that's where these are all coming from. So you've got the bonds, bound, you know, tying the knot and all the rest of it. It's a fantastic situation. Um, a lot of couples love it. And the cords nowadays, first of all, people turn around and say, do you do the Celtic knot? Do you do this? Do you do that? <clears throat> first of all, there's no such thing as a right or a wrong way to do a hand fasting. Mm -hmm. um, what I did with a couple not so long ago was we, it was left hand to left hand because okay. your hand's closest to your heart. And they wanted their cords. They had four cords to symbolise the elements of fire, water, earth, and air. Mm -hmm. And um, it was drawing it on, and it also symbolised um, various, you know, characteristics of people. You know, strength, stability, you know, wisdom, and sharing. And when we did it, there was a loose cord around each of their of their wrists, so they could they were handcuffed. Okay. And the knot was really severely, you know, it was there in between. So they could be there for the whole of the ceremony because I never 
unfasten the cords. Right. But they could then slip, they could slip them off afterwards, but the knots are still inbound. And that's them going forward. And there are various talismans and charms that are relevant to them woven through the cords. Now, that was part of what they wanted. And a lot of people will then go on to what you did, which was share the quake mm -hmm. or the quake. That's a, be that's a better that pronunciation can... than I did. There we go. Well, what can I see? Do you know what? When, so when, we, when we first went looking for one, we thought it was called a quatch. Um, it wasn't until we went into the shop. You know, have you? And they said, "I'm sure you're referring to this." And we're like, "Yeah, that's 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 probably the mm -hmm. right pronunciation." Or, or close. We well, say but the further north you kind of go, you go kuch, but you've got the. And um, that actually comes back to again before it was used in the marriage. At a time when clansmen or clans chief were meeting with one another, what they would do as a mark of trust and respect for one another was share the kuich. Okay. So if your host, the Scots have got a very strong tradition of hospitality. So mm -hmm. even if your mortal enemy was under your roof, he was completely safe. You still have you a duty had to give him bed, you had to give him blood. Yeah. So that's why like so Macbeth, you know, when he supposedly stabs Duncan in his house, that's maximum hope. Very taboo. Yeah. It, didn't okay. yeah. it didn't actually happen, but you know, hey. -o. But anyway, um so the chieftain would have the cook, he would pour the drink, he would take a drink and offer it to his host. His his guest rather. And that was their way of saying, I'm giving you my protection, you can take my trust. Right. And obviously, through um, the wedding ceremonies, it became to the stage where when the couple were sharing the kuech, it was the same situation. I'm giving you my protection. I'm taking your trust. And the thing is, it works from both of you because, let's face it, if you're talking to a couple, you've both got your strengths and you've both got your weaknesses and you've both got the balance to support each other. And when you share the kuech, what you're doing is giving each other the assurance that you're there for each other. And that's a really important thing. One thing I will say, though, is if nowadays you're having the sharing of the quake mm -hmm. and you're wanting to have a really decent malt whiskey, uh -huh, which obviously <laughs> I do, um, don't have a silver quake because right. silver tarnishes whiskey. And if it's something that you've never really thought that you like before, I promise you, you're going to hate it if you drink it out of a silver quake. Get it out of a glass one or a wooden one. However, there's different things. Not everybody wants to have a drink. Not everybody is a drinker. Mm -hmm. So basically, you can have your own favourite tipple. If it's Coke, if it's Sprite, if it's right orange, enough. you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, at the end of the day, it's still the symbol that I am putting mm. my trust in you and I'm offering you my protection. And if you're sharing that, that's all that matters. And again, it doesn't even need to be a quake. Um, I've had couples who have got their own beliefs. And they used uh, a goblet, a chalice that um, okay. had their own pagan symbols on it. Right. With um, yeah. their own homemade mead, which was rather cool. I never got hold of the mead. And I keep on meaning to threaten them. That's something I need to do. That's another story. <laughs> um, it was a very good going... tip, actually, with the um, the silver and the whiskey, because basically mm -hmm. that's exactly what we did. Ours is silver. And obviously poured the whiskey straight into it. Nobody said anything to us. And it's sort of Rachel's actually it's it's a classic moment because Rachel's face just ah, when she when she tasted it, it was it was like an absolute, yeah. absolute shocker. 
Um, exactly. But I will, I will point out actually that the Quake um, that we bought for the wedding, we were actually able to reuse that as well um, at Xander's naming day ceremony. So I, I love, I love the fact that you can have these physical objects that you use on your wedding day mm-hmm. that you can then use throughout your life with the rest of your family. It's it's great. It's Again, that heritage thing, so isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're taking the past, you're holding it for the present, and you're looking forward to the future, mm-hmm. and that's what you're doing. You know, I mean. Anybody who's committed to being with each other, whether it's your marriage, well, your wedding rather, because mm-hmm. you had a humanist wedding. I'm not humanist. You know, what I do is, because I'm not faith-based, what I do is I will, I'm purely on the ceremonial side yeah. of weddings. You know, couples that work with me have um, been to a registrar or they're going to go to a registrar to have the legal aspect done. And I've got to emphasize that to people. But. It means that we can have so much more fun. Uh, it means it means uh, that yeah, all all bets are off. You can do whatever you like. It's uh, open the season. only thing that's limiting you is your imagination, your physical fitness, um, the permissions you've got, and how much sanity you actually have. Because somebody's going to turn into you eventually and say, uh, "Enough." That's <laughs> it. And the, the willingness of the wedding celebrant. We've had it said before, uh, we've had it said before that, that, that wedding celebrants will do everything, but when it comes to jumping out of a plane, that's when, um, yeah. If you expect me to read your views when I'm going plummeting down at that speed, <laughs> exactly. you've got another thing coming. I have got my wet, my wetsuit, and I'm quite happy to stand up to, well, the wetsuit helps. You know, if you want to do your vows in the middle of the Atlantic, I will mm-hmm. do that for you. Um, if it's blowing a gale, be warned, we will get cold. Um, but <laughs> get a campfire close by. But yeah, I mean, weddings have got to be what matters to you. Yes. You know, it's got to be something that's going to resonate with you. So if, say, a couple have got hill walking experiences, say you met at the top of Ben Nevis, mm-hmm. if that's where you want to have your ceremony, get it there. Have it there. Why not? You know, um, just make sure that everybody that's attending is physically capable of getting up and getting down because um, I don't think Loch Haber would be too happy having to send a mountain rescue team out to get no. you rescued. Unless, did, of course, did, you probably have really good help. We did actually ourselves consider um, getting married at the top of the Cairngorms. That was that was one of our options because it became a very kind of sacred place for us. Um, we shared so many memories. We've 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 taken so many family members up to the top of the Cairngorms. Mm-hmm. It just became a really special place. And I think that is this kind of symbolism idea, isn't it, of creating a bespoke ceremony for you? Is that you can mm-hmm. take that place or that feeling or anything that matters to you and turn it into a memory. Um, that can yeah. then resonate for the rest of your lives. And I think that's Definitely. the innate power of a bespoke ceremony, isn't it? It's Definitely. It's grounding. I mean, to be honest, it sounds a bit weird. Um, do you like my... I'm watching the Tour de France. They're, fun, now, they're so fantastic. They're absolutely amazing. Yeah. That's the old alliance, you know, Scots and France. Ha ha. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say, um, the celebrancy aspect of your wedding, it resonates with... Um, the Homeric traditions of people telling stories around the campfires of like the shaman traditions of America, you know, the Aboriginal things. When you stand in a space that's important to you, mm-hmm. in a place that's important to you, first of all, it's my role to make that place sacred for you. Okay. You know, so whether it's only two of you, 20 of you, 200 of you, the space that you create for you as a couple to be in the center, to make your vows, that's a special sacred place. 
And it doesn't matter whether you have faith or religion, shall we say, there is going to be something there that's going to affect you. An energy. And, like a, yeah, exactly. And it's spiritual coming, energy, I guess. Exactly. And when you're making your vows, it's going to be something that is really going to resonate with you. And that's why making your own vows is special. Getting the cords tied. Now, again, you're talking about other things like sand fasting and sand blending, candles, sharing the stones. These all have the same resonance because once upon a time, nobody had gold. Nobody mm -hmm. had the wherewithal to make rings, you know, the talisman, which again is what it is. But if you were in a place where you had sand, you have sand, your partner has a sand, you pour it together. Again, with naming ceremonies, you have the sand from your original wedding and you incorporate the sand from your child mm. going forward. You're building up a tangible talisman for you, your family. That's going to take you forward. Um, you can use stones. You can use pebbles. You know, you can pick up a stone. Um, I have got so many stones in this house because I go to Mull and I own it a lot, and I've got granite okay. and marble that is resonant. But people can pick up a piece of, again, cairngorms. It's mm. a granite. You have got that granite. You can actually engrave your name on it and you can exchange it with each other or you can just hold right, it yeah. or you can askly um have stones that have memories to you and you can ask your guests to hold a stone mm -hmm. you know as you're actually having your ceremony and as you're making your vows they're actually putting their best wishes into those stones and at the end of the day you can either then stand and ceremonially throw them into the sea or into the river as a way of saying that your vows have been made and they're eternal for as long as they're sea, or build them into a cairn. Mm -hmm. And again, you've got a visual reminder. Monument. Mm -hmm. And yeah, exactly. And again, you can even take them, have them in your garden, make your own little cairn. This is your visual reminder. Um, jumping the besom. Let's tie another wee one. Jumping the besom can actually be seen going back as far as Roman times. Okay. And I know that in America they've got different feelings about it because of all the, you know, the the slaves used to, that was their way of actually doing, making their commitments to one another when they had no other options. And it is a bit of a, a raw subject in some respects. But from our situation, from the Scots and from the Celtic view, it's a situation where if you had the bism, the broom, now you're mm -hmm. talking about earth floors, you swept out all the rubbish, you swept out all the dirt and all the dust. Now, when a couple jumps over the bism, what they're doing is they're symbolically saying, we've got history, we've got past, we're going to throw away all that's unnecessary, but we're taking everything that we've learned to make the people that we are now to go forward into a new clean space. It's a new future. Mm -hmm. And whenever my couples have jumped besoms, I always make sure that they have the besom. Some celebrants have their own besom, which they'll use in the ceremony. I always right. make sure the couple has their besom because for them, it's another visual reminder. Yes. And yes. I always <clears> say <throat> to people, next time you have an argument and you're going to have arguments because you're going to have to settle in with one another, you're going to be clashing, you've had however long to practice, you know, planning your wedding and all the rest, you've had that stress. Um, you've got to get back to being the people that you were when you first started seeing mm -hmm. each other, 
having that environment, you're going to have an argument and seeing the nights that you really are looking at each other going, I don't want to be here. Look at your broom, look at the broom, look at the bism. Remember what it said. Sweep out the garbage, take what you need to learn and move forward. And if you're incorporating the quake, the bism, chords, sand, anything, yeah. they're all visual reminders and you can have them. Um, I have couples that actually entwine the chords through their bism. And that's right, the, yes. Um, yeah, so you combine them all. all. Yeah, I mean, they are. It's an, And the one thing I will remember is that Think about chords, for example, or even your bism, or even your quake. Things can get broken, things can get frayed, things can deteriorate and disappear. When they fall apart, you hang on to them, and again, you can pass them on to your, your, you know, your children. This was part of our broom, you know, you're hanging on to mm -hmm. that. You know, your yeah. son, your daughter might use it in the near future. But they do symbolise the vows that you make on your wedding day, but they're not your vows. So even if they fray, they're just a symbol and everything you say is in your heart. And when they free, it's also a, a reminder that we are living, you know, we have a full life, you'll live each day as it is, but yes. life is finite. Yes. And it's a reminder that if you don't seize every moment and enjoy every moment that you've got, you know, you need a kick at the backside. <laughs> you know, it's a reminder to have a carpe diem situation. And that's how it is. Um, the... Well, Jill, that's um, that's been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for sharing with us. We are unfortunately out of time. I know it's just a huge, <laughs> huge subject, and I know you and I could go on for hours and hours and hours about all of these uh, these topics. We'll get so hopefully, so hopefully, we'll have the opportunity again in the near future to to tackle something very similar because I think it is a very, very deep subject. Um, mm -hmm. But I just wanted to thank you for for sharing so much with us today. I mean, that was a oh, that was an incredibly detailed uh, explanation of all those things. And I, I was hearing things for the very first time, so um, you know, it's yeah. So that was um, that was really really insightful. And I can't thank you enough for sharing with us. No, it's been a pleasure talking with you, James, and I hope we can speak again. Thank you. Yeah, that's for amazing. Chance. Oh, absolute pleasure <laughs> to have you. Well, Jill, thank you very, very much again. And um, obviously, yes, hopefully we'll get the chance to speak to you again in the very near future. Take care. Have a great day. Okay. You too. Thanks a lot. Bye for now.